What's up, drama fam? Welcome back to the Drama Pod. My name is Rachel. And this is Anna. And we're in a tropical storm right now. <laughs> the streets are flooded, and Anna made it over here, trudging through I the swam, flood. Swam here. <laughs> I told her where, to wear flip flops because you just can't wear sneakers at this stage of weather. Life. <laughs> Yeah, and the annoying thing too is like it'll be flooded for days after it finishes raining. Mm-hmm. So just have fun trying to go anywhere yep. because you'll be running or walking through the Good rain. Good thing AJ has a truck though because with these floods, my little car might get stuck somewhere, but like his truck can survive it. How's your one of us surviving then, I guess? <laughs> I feel like my car is lower than yours though. I have no idea. It's been fine, so not too worried. How's your week? Good busy week it's been a busy like three weeks or two weeks i feel like i haven't i don't know gotten sanity in the last couple weeks but yeah it's been fun i mean not no complaints all of its fine stuff it's just been busy even like last night i had a random friend from high school coming in so i had dinner with like three high school people in fort lauderdale which was a lot of fun where'd you guys go um we got like drinks and appetizers before the rest of the people got there at some place called the batch i think or something like that the batch i don't know it's like like b-a-t-c-h whatever but it was near um apartment complex or whatever where one of the girls lived and then we went to some mexican restaurant i think it's called like la bomba or something oh yeah i've been there it's pretty good yeah they charge you three extra dollars for the next basket of chips which i thought was pretty ridiculous but it was fine they're pretty good their salsa was okay then we watched a movie but I can't say what it was because I think it'll trigger people. So. <laughs> so you must be tired. You look a little tired today. You okay? I, that's not last night. It's just life. And then you walked someone's dog this morning in the flood? And last night, yeah. I went there like midnight, flooded out, feed it. And then I came went back this morning at like 8 or 9 or something. To and go. what a servant. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I just get to go walk their dog. And I sit at their house and like read for an hour. And then I came over here. So it was uh-huh. fine. We still haven't figured out where we want to go on vacation. Banff is off the table because it's just way too expensive. We might do a cruise, but I don't know. It, it kind of depends on my work situation. You should do like one of those. You can do like Disney a Disney cruise. I was going to say Alaska. I was going to say Alaska because yes. I thought it was close. To, I mean, it is close to Canada, but I was like, that's similar. It's not quite Banff, but it's yeah, really pretty Yeah, I was at looking at those and I was looking at European cruises. Like okay. you fly yeah, yeah. to like Denmark and then like it's a 10 day cruise. But the problem is the flights right now are insane to Europe. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like $1,000 because um, it's the summer. Everyone's going. I just bought tickets and it wasn't, I mean, this is in the United States, but it was like a national yeah. park and it wasn't as expensive as I thought, but yeah i don't know compared to when we went to italy last year it was only oh. 600 bucks and now oh, okay. it's like 1200 wow so i don't know why but i'm guessing it's just because more people are traveling yeah but the, also the problem is with those cool cruises that are like alaskan or european they're like 10 day cruises so they're so long oh yeah and i feel like i would get really antsy and bored i've never been on a cruise like i can't imagine days. doing it at all it would yeah I would feel antsy and bored like on day one yeah <laughs> so well, the thing is, like, when you go in the Caribbean, you go to, like, Jamaica, Bahamas, all these islands, and you have a new island every day, so you have new things to do on the island. But, like, an Alaskan cruise, 10 days in Alaska, it's, like, after two or three days, you're, like, okay, I kind of, like, saw Alaska. In you're sense. assuming all of so... Okay, I feel like Alaska is going to be more uniquely different than a tropical island that looks like the exact other tropical island, which also looks like the state of Florida that we live in. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I think when it's like a different environment, a colder, more mountainous environment. I think it's just preference. I feel like, yeah, okay. it's probably preference. I would rather spend like five days at the beach than five days. I guess you can always default relax at the beach. Exactly. I guess in Drink my mind, I could default pick explore Florida. every day. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
Because I, okay, and last thing I will say about this. I feel like after like five days of hiking in Alaska, I'll be like, okay. Oh, see, I feel like after five days of relaxing, I'd be like, I need to do something. Oh, I agree. I just, yeah. I, but I wouldn't I feel that way with hiking. I'd be like, what's the next hike? Yeah, true. But I've also never hiked for five days, so I don't know hang on, if I, I want to vacation. It. Come to North Carolina. Just go to Chelsea's place. To. Go for the week or whenever we're there. I might actually also Join stay there family. longer too because the second half of my family is vacationing like the week after. So I was like, well, maybe I just won't come back. I'll just stay there with them. That's nice. No yeah. bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got my computer ready to go. My week was good and bad at the same time. It was bad because I was kind of in a funk, which we'll talk about today. I cut this part out of the last podcast, so they didn't hear what I said last time because I cut it out. Oh, okay. So I'm going to reset. I cut okay. it out last time because I was just like, this is not helpful. It was too but, live in the moment. Yeah. But now that I'm out of my funk, some would say, I can reflect back and talk about it more mm. clearly. So we should put the raw footage back in. There. I feel like people <laughs> would appreciate that more than the uh, retrospective. Yeah. I don't know. I'll pray about it. But anyways, I felt like I was pretty burnt out for the last few weeks and it really hit me hard this past week or so after the convention. I was just not only socially burnt out, but also work-wise, I felt like, and this may not be true, but I felt like I didn't have enough time to like put out the type of content and the quality, high quality content that I wanted to put out. So I decided to skip a video and... Instead of filming a video on a Sunday, which was going to be like a Sunday reset when I got a bunch of stuff done and was like super productive, but also like it drains me when I do that. I decided to not do that and just skip a video, take the Sunday off. But at the same time, I was so mad at myself and sad that I was going to miss a video. So even though I was quote unquote resting, I was just in a bad mood the whole day. And that kind of spiraled and I just kind of let that get to me. And um, I filmed a week in my life of me basically trying to get out of that mentality, and I think I succeeded. So now I'm an expert, and I'll tell you guys how I did it. I'll take autographs. <laughs> my initial thought is intentionally being restful is a skill that we don't really have a lot right now, too, because it's not a good quote unquote thing to be like good at. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. So yeah, this episode is going to be how to get out of a funk. Not that we are experts, that's all jokes aside, but seriously, I feel like we can all benefit from some tips, some tricks, and also learning the science behind some chemicals that affect our mood. So we're going to dive in. Today's vocab word is lacrimose. It's an adjective, and it means given to expressing strong emotion as sorrow by readily shedding tears. In a sentence, the more lacrimose mourners at the funeral required a steady supply of tissues. So someone prone to crying. Given to expressing strong, okay. Yeah. Are you lacrimose? Scale one to ten. Um, I don't cry. I think I cry an average amount. Do you cry at like sad movies? I don't cry at movies that often, but I think that's like a weird thing. Like it's not representative mm -hmm. of how often I cry throughout the In rest real of my life. life. Yeah. yeah. I cry pretty easily at movies, but I don't know. I've never really had a family member or close person pass away. So I don't know like how I would react in that situation, but I feel like I'm pretty average as well. I wouldn't say I'm lacrimose, but I'm also like not a brick wall. Like I do cry, show emotion sometimes. It hits sometimes. Sometimes it hits. <laughs> 
I cry in the shower sometimes. It's like the cleaner way to do it, you know? It's, it's more efficient. Yeah. Like you just rinse off your tears. What about crying in front of other people? How often do you oh, do that? Oh, never. Never? never. No, like even if I'm crying at home and like I like try to hide from AJ, I'm like, don't look at me. Like, you never cried in front of AJ? No, I have, but I try not to like show him every time because like then he's like, oh, what's wrong? And I'm like, no, honestly, I'm fine. I just like need to cry a little bit. Okay. But I feel like guys don't understand that as much. So they're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? And they like try to sit there and help you. And I'm like, no, like just it's fine. You yeah. know, what about you? Do you cry in front of people? I mean, I don't think people necessarily like, like, I don't know if anyone really enjoys doing yeah, it but yeah. i have it's very helpful usually like when it's done it's like it's needed you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it's like um i think it releases i've heard that when you cry it releases like chemicals from your body and like it's probably like a detox in my mind it's like you're usually talking and you're in this conversation right and then it's like opening up the extreme vulnerability that's usually needed for that moment of like and then you feel like converse. lighter after I don't know if it's or lighter, like, but oh, something like you spilled your part and now it's done. Or like you have a weight off your chest or whatever. Like you yeah. feel a little bit relieved that it's not like bottled up anymore. Yeah. But do we think that people are born more positive or negative mood wise? Do we think it's nature or nurture? I think anyone can change their perspective on things and become more positive or negative. Does that mean their default is higher or lower? I do not know. Because, you know, we all know that person who's, like, super upbeat all the time, super positive all the time. But I don't think it's out of their control to go the other way. Yeah. But do, I do think that there is some percentage of that that is genetic in a sense of if your family has a history of depression, you may be more prone to depression. Therefore, you may be a more negative person in general versus a family with no history of depression or mental illness. So I feel like there is some level of familial impact, but I do agree that it is, a lot of it is in our control. How many bad days is typical out of 365 days a year? So like today was a good day or today was a bad day. If you had to guess, how many do you think the average American says I had X number of bad days last year? And a bad day just means like you were in a funk, you weren't in a great mood, you binged on some McDonald's because you were kind of sad or something bad happened and you let it affect your mood 33 percent 112 days that's a lot it's actually according to this study 60 days per year okay. which is only 16 percent, which is pretty good i feel like people are having average. good lives or at least average lives not sad lives yeah i would have guessed like a third like you did <laughs> i don't know what that says about us <laughs> how many days out of one week would you say, do you have a bad day? I don't know. Like, I don't think I had any bad days this last week. Mm -hmm. So zero, but that's just the recency bias. I would say I have at least one bad day every single week. Is it the same day? No. <laughs> it's not like the Monday, you know, when people well, are like, Mondays actually, it, it is often a Monday. I will not lie. I think that's a thing, right? Yeah. And then it takes me a few days to like get out of that Monday mood, which is not good, but... Yeah, I think mine's less indicative or like less controlled by the things that the scheduled things of that day. If it were going to be a bad day, it would be like a thing that came up, I guess, versus like a Monday I go to work yeah. and it's the first day of work and that makes me sad kind of thing or whatever. It's like unexpected obstacles that come up. Yeah, which I guess there's nothing in my day-to-day -day life that I have planned that I don't like, which is good. I should be grateful for mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I would say I have between one and two bad days a week. So if I do the math, it's between 15 and 28%. 
that's the one versus two days a week quick math so you're on average then yes that's good because sometimes i felt like i was below average like worse than average like more negative than others more sad than others but seeing the data i guess i'm not as lacrimose as i thought (laughs) that's a good one how would you have felt if you were more so though what would that have done i would have let that get to me and i would have had a bad day today if i realized that i think I think you need to think back to your seven habits, 12 habits, things, whatever, and Mm -hmm. let not the external things control you. True. Facts. Easier said than done, obviously. (laughs) But like that's a very random stat that could have just made your entire day go downhill. No, I'm just being dramatic. But little things often trigger me and I let them ruin my day. Like, for example, if it's raining on a work day and I get to work and I have to like walk through a puddle and then I'm wet, like I could very easily let that one little thing impact the next hour, two hours, three hours of my morning. And I can often let it impact how I speak to others, how I present myself because I'm just like irritated, but I need to work on letting, like you said, not the external factors affect me as much. Like, so what? My hair's wet. I just straightened it. Who cares? All the time wasted. It's okay. We don't worship time. <laughs> We're not trying to be most efficient with our lives. Oh, man, I heard something this week, and now I can't remember what it was, but it was great. Like, I recently, like, the last year realized, I think it was my sister said something about, like, oh, I idolize efficiency. Mm-hmm. Her, not me, but it was also about oh, me. not you? Well, she said <laughs> it about herself, and then I was like, <clears throat> I've never heard it put that way, and that is really convicting, because that's true, and I just remembered something else this week too that i thought was really well worded that was real like related to what you just said but now just don't worry about it it doesn't make sense yeah you don't remember it i should have written it down (laughs) rip okay next question how long does your bad day or your funk typically last i don't know i think when i i think i only realize these things like retrospectively Mm -hmm. i don't know if i know them in the minute moment whatever i feel like it's more than a day like i feel like i remember I guess maybe I just look more macroly, but I'm looking back at my life and be like, oh, that was a phase of my life. Mm-hmm. Which is usually more dependent upon who I'm with. Like, which I guess makes sense. Like where I am, what I'm doing. So like more people, some people make you in a worse mood than others. Uh, or no. like if you look back on seasons of your life and you were with certain people and. Yeah. But sometimes I mean, it's not like the people. It's more, I mean, I guess part of it's people, but it's more like, or people are part of the environment, I guess. So it's the mm-hmm. environment. Interesting. I would say mine last anywhere from two hours is what I would say. I'm trying to get that time down to like five minutes to like be in a bad mood for five minutes and then get over it and move on. But realistically, if it's a small thing, it could like if it's the rain, walking through the rain, just straighten my hair. I'm pissed. Move from Florida. Maybe (laughs) an hour or two hours. I'll be a little bit irritated. But on the other hand, if it's a big thing, like, I don't know, a relationship issue or whatever, it can be a whole day, two days, or if it's a funk like this, when I feel creatively uninspired and it's like one specific area of my life, like career or health, that can last weeks and months. So it just depends on the, what the issue is. How do you break out? Is that, the, is that like the whole point of this? Are we getting there? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's the point of this. I was thinking mostly the creative one. The other ones seem more like they're less frequent, I would say. It seems like the less frequent ones are the ones that last longer, which makes sense. Like the bigger Mm -hmm. issue ones. 
But it's the little annoyances that can really add up. Add up. Like I can take my statistics down from two days a week to half a day a week if I can just get over the little inconveniences of the rain and the traffic and the you know the little things that happen literally every day that I shouldn't get pissed over because that's just part of life. So if I can work on that, I feel like I would I would only have to struggle with the bigger things, which is completely natural, and there's no way of, of avoiding those ones, but I can avoid the stupid ones. That makes sense. So would you say that you're pretty good at getting over the small inconveniences? No. <laughs> well, you, you don't have, you have less bad days a week than me. Like if you walked through the rain, you wouldn't be pissed. I think you often see a better half of me also though i will say and i don't know why it is i just look at the right side i don't know i think i just am not annoying as much around you i'm not annoyed as much i guess when i'm around i don't know how to phrase it but i'm certain that if you ask other people in my life mainly like family members they'd be like oh yeah she gets ticked off at the smallest things and is really annoying hangry is a classic example where you're all of a sudden out of control and you can't do anything and everything's annoying or one thing sets me off and then i'll just like be mad so like what's a something that what's a silly thing that sets you off trying to think of what happened in the last couple of days that would be something that would be annoying to set me off nothing really happens that much but nothing's really going on in my life right now to like set me off if something happens and someone cancels but you're gonna go to the gym but now you can't go to the gym that would annoy me yeah that wouldn't okay so i guess i did have like last week on saturday i was trying to go to the gym and I had to wait for my like maintenance people to come on a Saturday morning. And it was really frustrating to me because I couldn't do anything except for sit there. And I couldn't be going to the gym, which is what I wanted to do, or hanging out with people, which was the alternative. And I had to sit there and wait for them in a window of time to get there. So mm-hmm. like an hour where like, if I had known when they were going to get there, I could have gone to the gym and come back. But I didn't know that. So I had to be there waiting in case. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that affected the rest of my day. I mean, that's actually, pretty annoying. That's not true. I was I mad when I got too. here. So, and I was like angry about that, I guess. Yeah. And I was angry about that starting on Saturday or Friday night. So I guess I was angry about that for like 12 yeah. hours. But yeah. that had been like No, I can tell when you're like on edge, but you, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> so anyways, I guess I quickly divest into other people unless like, so I'm like, whatever done next, how are you doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, which is probably not a good thing. All right, so we're going to get into the science of moods, aka the different chemicals that affect our moods. And you may be more educated on this than I am because I just did a quick Google search. So there's five main chemicals. Neurotransmitters? Name them without looking. Serotonin, dopamine, um, I don't know. The other one that comes to my mind, I don't think controls emotion, but acetylcholine. No idea what that is. Yeah, that's like muscle stuff, so I didn't know. Um, I don't know. Those are the two that everyone talks about, though. So the, the, that's correct. And then we have testosterone. Oh, testosterone, estrogen, and uh, LH, maybe, or GH. We have oxytocin and endorphins. So the five that are on my list are serotonin, dopamine, testosterone, oxytocin, and endorphins. Interesting that testosterone is on there, but not estrogen. I know, that's so sexist. Well, I don't know what they... Well, I'm just trying to think of what they're... Like, why? Well, we'll get into it. Okay. Which one's the happy one? Do you know? So serotonin and dopamine are both happy, but go. I don't understand the difference of them. So maybe you can explain that. I don't really know much about serotonin. I know more about dopamine from like a Parkinson's perspective. Yes. Out of the approximately 40 million brain cells, most are influenced either directly or indirectly by serotonin including those related to mood, sexual desire, appetite, sleep, 
memory and learning and social behavior. <laughs> Does everything. This is from thescienceofpeople.com, by the way. One of the best ways to get your serotonin pumping is the process of positive reminiscing. Simply reflecting on your past achievements or thinking about positive memories produces serotonin. Look through your photo albums on your phone or scroll through old Facebook pictures. Grab your journal and recall your happiest moments. You might notice after a few minutes, your body desires a long, deep breath and you begin feeling like it'll all be okay. That doesn't really explain what it was, but... On the other hand, dopamine... Neurotransmitter that is released when we feel pleasure, get a reward, or receive a gift. It's a chemical that makes you feel like it's your birthday every day. What's even more important is that dopamine helps us regulate our emotional response. That is super important. (laughs) Um, There's lots of ways to create pleasure for your mind and body. A good way is by creating a bucket list because they harness the best side of human behavior, which is hope, curiosity, and pleasure. Yeah, but I guess they're not really explaining the science, which is fine. Like you said, dopamine deficiency results in Parkinson's disease and people with low dopamine activity may be more prone to addiction. Okay, so when you like take drugs, that triggers your dopamine. That's all I know. For what? For like Parkinson's? No, like anyone who takes drugs and that feeling of high that you get is dopamine. I got it. I see what you're saying. But serotonin isn't that. (laughs) I mean, I think they have different physiological aspects that they're not going into but they're telling us the result of like what each one does if that makes sense and the response that you have for like an in like for drugs is dopamine yeah or like even if you're addicted to your boyfriend like when you get that text yeah and you see the the same thing like no matter what Mm -hmm. yeah like it's the same idea but serotonin i feel like even just thinking about positive thoughts or just being in a good mood in general is the result of serotonin and dopamine is more like stimulus response, stimulus response, or that like what makes or sense. like lack of something, and then feeding that desire. Yeah, like which is addiction. so weird that it can lead to such a like an interesting disease too, like the lack of it. I know, like you don't think of Parkinson's as related to emotions, although it is apparently controlled by an emotional neurotransmitter. <laughs> and then we have testosterone. Testosterone is the hormone of power, strength, and capability. For both men and women, testosterone can completely change the way you feel. Too much can make you feel aggressive and very horny, but too little and you feel powerless, lethargic, and limp, both physically and emotionally. Here are some interesting facts about testosterone. Men given testosterone lose belly fat. I like how that's just fat. Like, you know, (laughs) don't do anything else. Just get testosterone and you're going to be skinny and lean. Wait, isn't steroids like the steroids that people use for muscle building aren't they based with testosterone uh some are yeah that's what i've heard and i know that men who take steroids to lift weights they often get shredded like they lose belly fat so yeah i know they do a lot of different things but yeah yeah it makes yes stock traders get a testosterone spike on days when they make above average profit it's like the most generic thing ever. If you get a high from taking risks, you have testosterone spikes and you get the reward, I guess. When playing sports, a winner's testosterone levels increases and fans' hormone levels also get a boost. In a small group of 21 men watching Brazil versus Italy World Cup match, the Brazil fans' testosterone levels increased after their team won, but the Italy fans' testosterone levels fell. Males have longer right pointer fingers than women. This has been fat, I don't believe this. This has been found even in other five-fingered creatures, such as rats. Okay, I did not know rats had five fingers. (laughs) 
Scientists have found that this is correlated to fetal exposure to testosterone. The higher your testosterone level before birth, the lower your pointer finger to ring ratio is. I thought guys were just bigger in general. I'm not surprised by like this fact. I'm about to like ask every guy I know to show me his hand. That's, I don't know if I believe that, but it's interesting. So basically any win that you have in your life is somewhat correlated to your testosterone levels, or I guess the feeling you have after a win. Yeah. So we got serotonin, which is like retrospective happiness, Mm -hmm. your mood, dopamine, which is, uh, well, it's hard to distinguish dopamine and testosterone based off how we'd find dopamine though, like stimulus response. I feel like that's, I feel like testosterone has a lot to do with pride and I'm not saying pride in a pejorative way, like pride, like in life okay and just being proud of yourself in general i feel like men with low testosterone are often the men who feel bad about themselves and like who are not being their best selves same with women because we have testosterone too that's my thought on that and we have oxytocin the feeling of love it's nicknamed the cuddle hormone because it makes us feel loved and connected it plays a major role in childbirth child care and helping mothers and fathers feel connected. The best way to tap into your oxytocin is by tapping into your support system. The moment you are in a bad mood, think about the person who can boost your oxytocin. Specifically, who's the person who can make you laugh? Who's the best listener? Not only are moods contagious, but they also can produce that warm and fuzzy feeling of belonging in you. And lastly, we have Anna's expertise coming in with the endorphins. The feeling of excitement. Our endorphins are released by our body naturally in response to pain and stress. Endorphins are crucial to quelling our anxiety and our body's natural way of fighting the blues. The more endorphins we have coursing through us, the less we suffer from pain, the easier we are able to modulate our appetite and the better our immune system. Get a lot of endorphins are running. More importantly, that was my input, sorry. More importantly, with high endorphin levels, we suffer fewer negative effects from stress. If you are a runner, look at this, or other athlete, you may be familiar with your endorphins because they are pumped during and after workout, making us feel like we are on a high or euphoric. Hate exercise? No worries. Certain foods, such as chocolate and chili peppers, also cause a boost in endorphins. Thank God. Chili peppers. The release of endorphins upon ingestion of chocolate might explain why many people crave chocolate during times of stress. I don't believe that. I think that's just uh, what the movies tell us. That chocolate has endorphins in it? Yeah. (laughs) Hot take. (laughs) So we'll go on a run while eating chocolate and chili peppers and see how And then you'll cure your depression. (laughs) And you're throwing up also. (laughs) Going on a walk or throwing the frisbee all are great ways to get your blood endorphins pumping too, according Mm -hmm. to this website. So in summary, according to this article, you can boost your mood by number one, looking through old pictures positive ones. They didn't clarify that, but positive pictures. Don't look at like a traumatic event of your, of your life. Number two, create and update your bucket list or plan a vacation, something to look forward to and goals to achieve. Number three, call your favorite friend. Number four, get moving to your favorite tunes or go on a run. I guess the get moving part. Yeah. Or weed your garden. I weeded my garden the other day. Yeah, I feel really good. I feel great after. Because not, only, the endorphins. not like, only is it physical activity, but it's like, productive. oh, I got something done and it looks great. So so here's the question. Do they control us or do we control them? That goes back to the nature versus nurture. I think it's a combination of both. What percentage of each? I don't know. 
but I think we can definitely control some part of it. But like when it comes to the lack of dopamine causes Parkinson's, I don't think that's completely in our control. Like well, correct, there are that, diseases yeah, yeah. and deficiencies that are just there sometimes. And that's why people have mental health issues and that's why medications work because as much as we can flip through a photo album and run five miles a day sometimes you just don't have enough of whatever you're missing and you need medication or something that's where the sponsor of this podcast comes in better help online therapy i'm just oh, kidding like, really it's the news to me just got the dopamine there yeah <laughs> about to recite their ad out of just listening to other people <laughs> So what are some practical things we can do to get out of a funk? I think, um, well, I don't know if this, this would be my response to that, I guess, being with other people, mm-hmm. uh, which is the oxytocin, I guess. That is one of the points. The going. I guess I was in a funk earlier this week, and then I just wanted to go not think about things and be with people, and I did that, and I was like, that was a good night. I could have done like other things to be productive about fixing all these things, and I was just like, nope, just going to sit here and mm-hmm. chill. I think the most important thing or the most self-aware thing we can do that will help us is to try to get to the reason why, if we don't know why we're in funk, try to figure out what triggered you. Because sometimes I don't know. Like sometimes it'll be 7 p.m. and I realize I had a terrible day and I won't realize what caused it. But then if I take like five minutes to think about it and actually like sit in my feelings, we're like, oh, it's because when I got to work, it was raining and that's it the weather (laughs) yeah so like once i realized what was my trigger i'll be like oh like i'm actually not in a bad mood it was just like that one negative thought that i let carry my mood for the day so then what do you do the next day i try to be self-aware more they're like oh it's raining but i'm not gonna let it annoy me Mm -hmm. exactly so i guess if you can't stop it from annoying you you can at least be aware that it is annoying you and then yes the sooner i can be self-aware the sooner i can move on yeah And that's something I did learn from BetterHelp when I did like my three therapy sessions last year. She was like, okay, just take a minute and like write down the things that upset you today. Because oftentimes we just go through days and weeks at a time and we don't realize, oh wait, something my friend said to me last week actually kind of hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, if, so kind of a lot of these have been things that I guess are out of our control and they're external, but it's like the weather, things like that. But what if it is like a relationship thing? So you like, what if the next step is you have to confront someone? Then you gotta do it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I haven't had a lot of relationship issues in the past few years, so I am... How long have you known me in the past few years? <laughs> no, I feel like my marriage is in a good place. We don't fight a lot. I feel like my friendships are, for the most part, in a good place. Like, I don't have a lot of conflicts, so I can't give much advice there. But I think being honest, reference our last podcast on friendships, being honest and open with your friends and asking for forgiveness or forgiving others is huge. And just not letting it bottle up inside you. I would agree. Also, number two, feeling your feelings. In other words, don't procrastinate feeling them for too long. This can be a hard one. This is truth. Especially if you are a more social person. I feel like it could be, I'm imagining that it could be easier to just kind of be busy all the time with people. It might be harder than someone who doesn't hang out with other people as much. Cause in my experience, when I feel bad about something, I completely stop seeing anybody. And I like, am in the cave for two days, but I can imagine, I could be wrong, that someone who's more social would do the opposite and they would like go out and hang out to the point where they come home three days later and they're like, 
why am I so sad? They didn't let themselves feel the feelings. Uh, it's funny. I would have said probably the opposite to that in terms of like, I, I will do like self-reflection obviously when I'm by myself, but it's often done with other people too versus like an escape from it. But mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on like, like it's not going to be in a group of people versus like with someone kind of thing. Yeah. I'm thinking mainly of someone, a friend that I had in the past who would do what I just described and she would like literally not be alone for weeks on end. Like face reality. Yeah. So like even when she was like taking a shower, she would be like, call me, calling someone on the phone or like someone would be over her house while she showered. Like she was just so afraid of being alone in her thoughts that that's like an unhealthy coping mechanism. But at the same time, shutting down and being at home alone for three days isn't good either so. yeah you need to like deal with it but you don't have to deal with it with people who are alone it depends on how you want to i guess yeah. but running away from it is not gonna help yeah that's that my only truth. point yeah. is that whether you're feeling them with other people or alone make sure you give yourself time to feel them because if you don't they'll get bottled up and something bad will happen most likely i think it's interesting because some of the time it's like survival mode kicks in where i'm like i cannot think about this right now yeah and like i know i need to but i do not have the capacity right now to do it like i will not get the other things that i literally have to get done in this life in this week in these next 10 days if i sit here and process this like i need to get this done and then i'll process that mm-hmm. i haven't shared much about this yet but we just started trying to have a conception what <laughs> why did i say it so weirdly <laughs> we're trying to have a, a conception con- oh. Oh, the conception is trying to be had. We're trying to make a baby, okay? And we just started. And it's such a weird feeling, like the first time that it didn't work. And I was at work and I was like, I'm 99% sure that it didn't work this time. Like it was like the day before my period was supposed to start, like the day of. And it was the morning before I was supposed to go to work. And I was like, if I take a pregnancy test right now and it's negative, I'm going to be so sad. I just know it. Cause I was like feeling the feelings the day before anyway. So I was like, I'm just going to pretend like this doesn't exist. I'm going to go to work. And then after work, I will deal with these negative feelings. Cause I knew they were coming. Yeah. So it's like at a certain point you can procrastinate because you have to, like you, you is it actually healthy? have to. I don't know. This is something I do, but I don't know if it's good or bad. It's just well, what I, I do. I think it's like, if it's like for a few hours or a few, like if you have to go to work and you can't break down at work, like that's fair. But if you're procrastinating for multiple days at a time, that may be unhealthy. But again, I think it's so individualized. It's hard to say. Yeah. But that's an example of necessary procrastination. It also kind of scares me, though, that you can, not you, me, like anyone can like realize it, box it up and say, hold on, wait, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's almost terrifying and that you can like box it and move it and then just be like, I will address you later. Like, how can we separate ourselves so much from something that's so visceral i don't i think it's survival like i think it's a gift that god gives humans to be able to do that in order to get past social social interactions like work or family events where you don't want to cry and be that lacrimose person yeah but some i agree but sometimes i'm like maybe that's what we need more of though too Mm -hmm. in contrast to friends though or to tie back i also have been thinking like okay well this is a new aspect to a friendship that I've never had in terms of like, how do I be a good friend to you? If you have had a, like you found out you weren't pregnant this month kind of thing. Like, how do I, what's the, what's the kindest way to help? Does she want someone to talk to her about it? Does she 
rather not talk about it like in terms of that but that's like an interesting thing where i'm like trying to interpret how you want to express your emotions to for something totally novel and unprecedented but also be like how is this continuously how can i you know what i mean i think when it comes to that we can just ask each other like you could just be like hey do you prefer that we talk about it do you want me to like give you suggest like tips not that you would but like I know, but like the just first be time open I was and like, honest and be like, I don't know what to do. I didn't expect this response. And now I'm like, I don't know when yeah. she's joking. I can't tell when she's really <laughs> sad. And I don't know how much I'm supposed to be joking back. Like I was like, I'm I, in uncharted yeah. territory. Well, I think matching the other person's mood is good. Like if I'm like half joking, but half serious, like if someone matches my mood and tone, that makes sense to me. Like I would feel good about that. If I was like crying and like destitute and you were like joking, I'd be like, okay. (laughs) But I think people give off vibes and moods and they want to be received in the same way. That's my theory. I've realized this about like patient interactions. Like sometimes I go into a room with a patient and the patient is super serious and reserved and we are taught to mimic their behavior because that's how they want the conversation to go versus someone who's like chill and laughing, making jokes, telling you all the issues in their life. Like you can be more chill, more fun, more relaxed with that patient. What if though, not necessarily with patients, because I think that I agree with that, but like if, and I'm not saying in this particular example of you and I either, but like if you're in a friendship or relationship or whatever, and you know, it is not in their interest to match, you know what I mean? Where you're like, they need this, not Mm -hmm. reality check. Yeah. Like, they need you to be like, hey, are you actually yeah, okay? Yeah, exactly. Because, like, if yeah. there's so much, like, I have a friend who's like that, who is like, their classic defense mechanism is to, like, talk about you, like, dish it, like, not a bad way. They're really good at talking about the other person, too. But I'm like, I have to intentionally be like, well, you, you, and keep bringing it back to them kind of thing, even mm-hmm. though they don't want it. And I know they don't want it, but they also need it. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting, like. Yeah, that's hard. I think everyone's so different. Um, and the longer you're friends with someone, the more seasons of hard times that you go through with them or that you witness them go through, you can kind of see how they can be supported Yeah, in the best way. Bringing it back to the friendship always. It's always about relationships. Comunidad. (laughs) Also journaling can be the last thing that I want to do when I'm in a dark place, but it's nice to look back later at the entries that I made when I was in a low place and see how God helped me out of it and often answered the prayer that I prayed during that time. So like, let's say today I'm in a dark place and I journal and I say like, I'm in such a dark place. This happened, this happened. I'm so sad, whatever. But then I often read back to previous entries of previous dark places that I was in. And I was like, wow, like God always comes through. Like he always lifts me back up. And it's encouraging to be in such a low place at the moment and realize that it is temporary and it will be okay it is fun to look back and look at the things that once worried you and be like oh silly anna <laughs> yeah <Child. clears throat> and then it puts the perspective of like well what the heck am i worrying about so much right now about this thing it'll be that yeah. silly thing in a few years from now and i think a powerful prayer is god i pray for this situation to change but if it doesn't change i pray that you will change my mindset about it yeah because that's that can be just as impactful, if not more. Like, let's say someone's going through infertility. That sucks. God may not bless you with a child of your own, but if he changes your mindset about it, you'll be happy regardless. Correct. So one can change their mindset about things. Well, 
I think prayer is a big part. I don't think, I think we can do it inherently on our own to a certain extent, but I also think God. But I don't think we do it on our own. Yeah. Helps us with that. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. That's the heart change is not something that we are in control of yet. Always asking for these two deep ones in a row. I feel like, yeah, the, these are the ones that people like the most people like that's because we don't really do like small talk that well we don't do like top uh pop culture that well because just neither of us i don't care about it i feel like yeah i don't care i care like that's why we do like for the first five minutes ten minutes and then we like like, our lives dive right in culture yeah (laughs) i have to make like an intentional effort to like talk about kardashian exactly and i'm like i don't even yeah have you even been watching it i watched like the first few episodes of the new season but i'm behind hmm AJ hates it, so I can only yeah, watch it when he's, like, busy. But dum-dums. Any final tips? I have no tips. What about prayer? Hashtag prayer. We kind of touched on that. That's true. Uh, I have a lot of tips if you're willing to accept the paradigm of Christianity. Yes. <laughs> so I think, yes, your mind is very important, and you cannot super control your situations at all the time, although sometimes you can. And if you do struggle with a mental health disorder like depression or anxiety, we encourage you to seek out help if you think you may be in not just a funk, but like a serious season of depression. I think I heard that if it's like, if it lasts six months or more, that's when you know that you should probably seek help and see what's going on. So we want to just point that out that we don't think that People with serious uh, disorders can cure themselves overnight by simply flipping a switch. This was more so geared towards those of us who have general mood swings a few days a week. So One to two days a week. One to two days a week. Anything more than two days a week, red flag. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm hitting like 2.5. Yeah, we're done. (laughs) Uh, Bye. All right, guys, send us an email at a small amount of drama at gmail.com. Send us your life advice, questions, or just say hello. We will respond. I responded yesterday to an email. Yeah. Someone asked about like some tech thing. Yeah. And Anna responded with a lengthy paragraph. So you didn't even click the link, did you? I did not. The link went to where actually all the work was. I wrote up like a whole documentation for her that morning. It was like, here's all the steps. Here you go. Let me know if you have any Oh problems. my gosh. I got this crazy email this morning. Let me read it. It was so funny. From work or from this? From like someone contacted my... Rachel has approximately 16 different gmail accounts by the way she just opened up one okay so this guy said hello rachel would would you like to contact me are you single and no family no children i find you very attractive would you like to become resident in switzerland and living together with me hey this could get you out of the funk meeting in zurich i should receive at any time a mega donation from state authorities concerning abolition of authorities works and paragraphs which blah 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 you can give up everything and make retirement with me in Switzerland, living together up to 25 years long. That's it though. 26, you're out. A lot of money can be given to you after a long time of living together. <laughs> Gotta work for it. He sent pictures too. He sent pictures. He sent lots of pictures uh, of himself in Switzerland. He's got, a, some of them are nice. Like he's in the, in the background with some mountains. Six just, pictures. Just go back and say, except. <laughs> Uh, how do we move Send forward? Plane tickets. <laughs> What's the next step? <laughs> uh, his name is Janin. Yes, if you know him, Janin from Switzerland. All right, we'll see you guys in our next episode. Bye. <laughs> yes. I want to know now.